show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's Hello, episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome into today's Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin, and very pleased to be joined by a returning guest, a man who uh, has brought coverage of the domestic game uh, to new heights in a national newspaper. Uh, he is also a dastardly hatred fan, as he admits himself. Shane Reddit of the Irish Independent. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad. Uh, I'm glad you let off with the uh, with the work I was doing in, in favour of the cause of uh, the o- old Irish uh, newspaper instead of the New England Patriots. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you at least let off with a good bit. I'll appreciate that. I did, I did, uh, you know, um, g- give you the, the kudos. And in fairness, uh, you know, your name has come up quite a few times on uh, this uh, podcast, on the show, over the, the past few months. And when you were on last, you know, you the, the season had just kind of really kicked off. You had just started the, the coverage of it. Uh, you know, how, um, I suppose, we are now at, at the business end of the season. Uh, we know that the bowls for D1 and D2, and obviously in the Shamrock Bowl Conference, we're into the the semi-finals. Uh, from from a bird's eye view, what I suppose are, are your thoughts on this the 2023 season? Uh, I, it's it's been interesting from from start to finish. Really, uh, e- even within the divisions, you can almost see there's a kind of there's a kind of a split, but still a couple of teams can can sort of outperform. Uh, I guess they're over under spread if you want to see the US and Vegas charts. I mean, the Westmead Minotaurs have been a team who I thought have been impressive all year. Um, it, you, you've spoken to uh, quarterback Joe Kinnan, isn't it? Um, I like e- even against the teams where they were expected to maybe lose by a large number of points, they've been able to pull it up for them. And I think they're one of the teams whose, whose win loss record maybe doesn't properly reflect the, their uh, their um how their season went. But now we're in, as you say, we're in the business end. We have the Converse semi-finals in the Premier Division and then the D1 T2 Bowls next week and then the Shamrock Bowl the week after. So between that and a litany of things happening in August, the the calendar for American football in Ireland this in, in July and August is just that. Uh, it's really heated up and I have my work cut out. And I suppose, you know, in terms of um, the... D D two unfortunately saw you know Trinity um not not be able to complete the the season uh, again uh, which is a shame as somebody who who worked there previously and and used to um kind of get to to see them uh, quite a, quite a few times and uh, hopefully I know next year there I don't think they can field uh, a tackle team um, but you know I I having. You know, I know UCD have obviously had ups and downs and now have really got it together. You'd love to see Trinity get back to to that. Uh, in terms of, um, you know, the, those kind of the, the two lower bowls, um, how, uh, do you, how, how competitive do you, do you see those two being, Shane? 
Uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll start from the bottom, work my way up. I guess. Uh, firstly, in relation to what you mentioned about Trinity, I think it helps really help us appreciate how difficult it is uh, to run a team like this and to keep season going for for all the teams, no matter where they are in, in or what kind of season they've had, where they are in a position. I think they really everybody deserves credit for the work, the passion, and the money that that's gone into making the league. And this is what I've been saying to guys uh, who I work with in the independents who maybe don't understand that there is a team in their locality the that there is top quality stuff and there's a hound the pitches are, are marked the kit being used in the game even how the referees address and someone have microphones it's it's genuinely impressive and so even for the guys in Trinity uh, I guess fair play for doing as much as they can and hopefully they can keep moving forward regarding the D2 bowl which will be between the Westwood Eagles and the Causeway Giants uh, the Westwood Eagles are a team uh, you 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 spoken to, to Kevin Clatt, who is sort of a very knowledgeable head coach. They have, I guess, they're a club with heritage. They're a club who wants to sort of climb the ladder as quick as they can. They will really want just to get the job done, get the D two ball under their belt, and make sure that they're in D one next year. Um, but the cause of Giants are a kind of team where it's kind of difficult to know what way they're going to turn up and, and play the. And, and play. They did on the defensive side of the ball. They did pretty well. They bet the North Dublin Pirates twenty-two to six in their semi-final. The Western Eagles did not play semi-final. There's only three teams in their playoffs. So, um, I think that game is in Dundalk next week. So, if anybody's heading around, I'm expecting a, a quite a close contest. Um, particularly in in Dundalk, it's a pitch that seems to, depending on on the weather you, you get, and I I, I know this based on the way that the Kildare Crusaders and the Mavericks went over the weekend, um, it can really affect probably more than other, other fields ha- how a game goes. So if it's not if it's not sunny and if there's any kind of wind or rain, which it's, it seems like a bit of a, a wind trap field from what I hear. I've never actually been. Um, it, teams can, can really get unpredictable. So as much as I would probably put the Western Eagles as favourites for that game and how I anticipate they will be uh, well-planned going into that game, the cause of Giants could really come in and, and do a job, particularly if the game is within a 10-point margin less going into the latter stages of the third quarter. Uh, regarding the D1 ball, this I'll probably know more about because I have friends who play for the Kildare Crusaders who were uh, heartbroken, I guess, that they lo- only lost by a point uh, against the, the Loud Mavericks. The Loud Mavericks and the UL Vikings who are playing the D1 ball are, have been by far the two best teams in Division One. Like, they've been that level of higher quality in terms of the strength in their lines. Um, they have a good mix of both running and passing plays. The Loud Mavericks have a kicker who is generally accurate, which is rarer than it seems in this league. For a, a country who is producing kickers and putters who are playing in the NFL, it's remarkably difficult to do. And there are teams, even in the Premier Division, who haven't got good kickers, but the Loud Mavericks have one. Uh, and that was kind of the difference. with the field goal uh, that put the Mavericks 9-8 up, and they ended up winning... Sorry, nine zero up, and they end up only winning by nine points to eight against the Kildare Crusaders uh, last week. It, it, but it, like that in the second half, the weather completely killed that game. But the Mavericks are a good team, and, and based on, on what I've heard from members of the, of the Mavericks and the Crusaders, where where they sort of get their strength is their ability to sort of read defensive plays as it's coming in and make their decisions. Uh, they're not okay, we're, we're passing and that's it and we don't get a pass, so let's throw it away. They're, they're, they're quite happy that if they see a gap or if they don't see a receiver coming in, they have a running option which they can make that decision in a split second and that's going to really make them dangerous and difficult to plan against 
for the UL Vikings defense. But UL Vikings have been have been the the stronger the teams. I think they're they're the ones that have been unbeaten all season. They bet the Loud Mavericks uh, already, and that ball is in Limerick, so there's going to be a good uh, good Treaty City crowd, which can I'm sure as a Munster man you, you could you could tell me how uh, uh, how much of a a factor that would be. So. Uh, I'm expecting. I, I'm going to be heading out to that game. I'm expecting a really close, uh, close clash. Um, again, like that from from the start, what you can imagine is happening, particularly in the defensive side of the ball. The UL Vikings will have a plan to contain rather than necessarily press the quarterback. So they can maybe, if the Mavericks quarterback wants to pass it off or go for a run, then they have a way of kind of getting on it and stopping it. But as what what we will decide that game really won't necessarily be how the first half will play in, based on their pre-game plans but how things uh, go on in the end so I, just like in the D2 ball I'm expecting a close clash there yeah I think yeah, really in, intriguing and I think you were dead right to highlight the work that, that goes in across the league and I have had the good fortune to talk to people involved in all the, the teams uh, you know still in, in the, the bowls and um, you know the, the work that goes in behind the scenes in, in terms of, of training and planning and I think very intriguing matchups and uh, as you said you know UL are unbeaten um, but at the, the same time you know the I'm sure that the Mavericks will uh, go into it uh, love it you know with uh, loving the opportunity to, to perhaps get revenge for that loss earlier in the season and then if we turn our attention to the Shout Bowl Conference uh, you know um in, in terms of the uh, the semi-final and uh, where, where we're at with UCD on the road uh, to Cork and obviously the, the Trojans coming down to take on the Rebels. Um, I'll get the elephant in the room out of the way first is the Dublin Rebels. And you speak to anybody in the league, they'll tell you that no one wants to play the Dublin Rebels right now. I, I, I've i seen them play, uh, saw them play a few weeks ago, I think at home against the Belfast Knights, if I remember correctly, and they are just suffocating. They are just suffocatingly good in terms of their defense, how they have pure strength to come in and ruin any plans you have. And in terms of attacking, like like Ty Henry got six touchdowns against the Belfast Trojans last week, three passing and three rushing. And I think that's a great reflection as to their offensive plans and how no matter what you think you're stopping them from doing, there's a backup plan that will work straight away and they will find a way to work it. Um... I'd be very surprised, and I don't mean, and I don't want it to put it down on the game because again, it's the playoffs, and sometimes the former goes out the window. But last week in the last regular season game, the Dublin Rebels went up to Belfast like, to play against the Trojans and won sixty points to zero. Um, and now we're in Dublin this weekend uh, for for the return clash. Um, the Trojans throughout the season ha- have been up and down. Um, there was a bit of a an administrative mix-up, let's say, that means that their Trojans are are, are in the, the playoffs and the, the South Dublin Panthers aren't. But like that, I mean, now that we're in the playoffs and they've had their beating and they've seen what the Rebels are last week, you have to imagine the Trojans that are come down with um, greater spirit, with less pressure because they're not playing in front of a home paying crowd um, and way with more freedom to play that they don't really have anything to lose. If they, if they lose... Uh, the game to the Rebels um, I don't think the Trojans necessarily lose any pride um, it's not a game that many people are giving them a chance to win so I think maybe that sense of freedom might 
actually gives him a bit of momentum early on in the game. But as the game goes on, I think it's getting more attritional as it does in this league. Uh, the power, strength, and athleticism of the Rebels will just wear you down. And particularly in the, in the second half, you imagine that they will start building up the score. Uh, so a- anything other than a Rebels win by 15, 20 points at least will be a surprise. But then again, uh, you never know. Uh, as for the other game, uh, the Cork Admirals against uh, the reigning Super, uh, sh- not Super Bowl champions, Shamrock Bowl champions, UCD. Uh, that is by far the more interesting game. Uh, UCD have had uh, a, a sort of mixed season in a good way, as in they, they every time you think that they're going to prove that they are truly top dogs and they want to still reign su- supreme on the league, something happens where they maybe fall back a step. Like, they played against the Dublin Rebels a few weeks ago and they lost by one point. It was 25-24. Like, that's the close the Rebels have come this year to losing. Um, which is obviously a good stamp on the use on UCD's cards that they they put up the strongest show. After all, UCD were the ones that bet the Rebels in last year's Shamrock Bowl. Um, so they, I guess they are coming into this knowing that they are very capable of going down to Cork uh, in front of a raucous home crowd in the Rebel City and coming away with the victory. And I think they can. I mean, in League of Ireland circles, I'm a Shamrock Rovers fan, and I'm talking to people like, oh, UCD, in the UCD soccer team, you know you know that in April and May, they're not going to be as good because they're doing exams. But once we get to the summer, then they're free and they're grand. They'll, they'll fly through because they're not staying up all night studying. And I, I don't know but I don't know whether, whether that, will, that will translate to the American football team uh, coming down to Cork. Uh, as for the Admirals, they are, on paper, the the second best team and probably the, the team that's most, that's best poised to win the Shamrock Bowl if uh, if it's not the if if it's not the Rebels and of course the Shamrock Bowl is being played in the MTU Arena uh, in Cork, uh, where the Admirals got a taste last week. They played there to sort of I guess get used to the surrounds, um, and their game, I I guess is 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 the kind where it's it's a bit more. From based on what I know, it's a, it's a it's a bit more ground ground based. So I guess it's it's more on game long progression as opposed to quick hits, which is somewhat similar to the way uh, UCD plays. Sean McVay being their running back is probably their most potent score. Um, so if you're a fan of rushing football, this is going to be a great game, and I'm convinced that unlike the other semi final, this one will genuinely be close because you have two teams who are on paper and probably on the pitch pretty close and uh, pretty evenly matched. Uh, will, and I don't know whether the pride and playing at home in Cork and the opportunity to play a Shamrock Bowl in Cork will be a benefit to the Admirals, or whether it'll go against them. Whether the pre- the pressure of uh, sort of home pride will get to them, I I probably think it, it it'll be a benefit to them. I think we can, um, you know, very good. Details analysis, but the, the bingo card is marked. I think Ty Henry and Sean McVay, anytime uh, we're talking about uh, games here on District Island, uh, those two lads uh, get mentioned. I've had the good fortune to have both of them on this season. Two phenomenally humble guys and uh, just kind of yeah. brilliant, brilliant uh, players. It's amazing. I spoke, to, I, I interviewed Ty Henry after the game one time. It's like, I think they uh, know I, I Remember when I came to the game to watch them play against? I think it was the, was the Craig Avon Cowboys or Belfast Knights. I can't remember. It was one or the other. I was asking the guys in the sideline what the score was, and no one could tell me because they were because at that point they were quite a decent chunk ahead. 
and again, you 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 speak to Ty, and he's like, oh yeah, it was, you know, it's uh, it was good for for guys to get reps. And where does focusing on Cork? Where does focusing on Cork? Where does focusing on beating the Admirals? You know, it's it's always the next thing. There's no, what with with Ty, I was impressed with the sort of the the business nature and and how he's always kind of looking for the next thing. So so I like that, and I, I even got that when when I was listening to him speaking to you the last time. He was, uh, you know, good character. Uh, yeah, very much so. And I think uh, it will be intriguing, I suppose, to see that game in Cork, how it plays out. Um, I know uh, UCD feel good about uh, how they have kind of come on strong towards the, the back end of the season. But, you know, a lot of pride in, in Cork and amongst the, the Admirals and playing at home. So that really should be uh, in, intriguing. Um, to, to move then to um you know your your patriots and obviously there have been some happenings since uh, i was last speaking to you so as we kind of sit here in that lull period in the nfl one of the few periods of the year where there isn't something actually happening and um, we're waiting obviously for um yesterday at our time of recording we got the dates for the beginning for rookies that are right to training camp and training camp didn't really begins what is your your feeling Shit. Um, looking ahead to the year, uh, I, I I think the biggest thing to notice is the first time in my lifetime where on paper the New England Patriots are the fourth best team in the AFC, which I think is uh, offers up an exciting but unusual preseason feeling that I've never really got. There's a genuine sense of jeopardy about the season that it could either go brilliantly well and against against almost against the odds, which is very weird to say about the Patriots, but almost against the odds. They can come and they can beat the Eagles on day one. They uh, they can beat the Chiefs. They can top the division or come close to top the division. But at the same time, it could just it could pretty much collapse. Uh, it's it, it's a very odd balance. However, I'm definitely am more confident in our ability to play and in the players we have and the staff we have um, to at least put up our, the best version of ourselves than it was this time last year. I mean the fact that. We have an offensive coordinator, which is shocking to say. The fact that we have an offensive coordinator and the fact that it's Bill O'Brien, who I thought was definitely much better for offensive coordinator than was a head coach. I think he he's definitely a good pick to be in that role. Um, it's something I'm looking forward to. So um, bring on the Eagles and the Broncos and the Chiefs and, every, and everybody else who wants to come take us down. And I'm sure uh, it will be a very intriguing season with what I imagine will be a lot of one-score games. And uh, I suppose the the news uh, this uh, this week was around Devonta Parker and the new contract that he had signed. the The reaction from people outside of New England um, has been kind of um, wide eyed at the amount of money the Patriots have, have chosen to pay him. As a fan of the team, how do you feel about that? It's weird because I was doing the match a couple of nights ago. We reckoned that the Pages had about $14, $15 million in cap space, give or take. So they were trying to figure out, is there a world where the Pages can get, uh, excuse me, you can get a running back and, uh, oh my God, what's the name of the, the wide receiver we've been talking about all week? Wait, his name his name has slipped me. Hopkins? Yes, oh, how did I forget that? Whether we can get uh, 
Leonard Fournette, let, let's say, for example, as a running back, and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, you, you're, you're doing the math as to what way could you maybe organize uh, organize the cap space so maybe you can kind of backload the amount of money that Hopkins will get and still get a running back so we have two offensive superstars because as much as we have a lot of very good players in offense, there's no superstar material that kind of that can really break a game in that moment. And you see the money that's been uh, given to uh, to Parker, and I, I I definitely think it's a good thing. He's a good player, and we definitely want to uh, want to see him in the team and catch uh, the field more settled. He seems to be one of the players who has a greater chemistry uh, with Mac Jones more than others. So I, I I've I've nothing against him or against the decision. It's just really now about doing the matches. If the Patriots want to get a, uh, another wide receiver and another running back, what else is going to have to give? Is there, where else is, are the cuts going to come from? And that's that to me is the big question. And before I let you go, Shane, I am I've been asking kind of people who come on this, and I mean interested to know what is it that you know, you're intrigued by for 2023 and, and be that a, a player, a coach, a team, a, a positive, a negative, what is it that you're looking at and wondering what way will that play out? Uh, three questions, I guess. Number one, will, will the Lions live up to, to their potential and, and win the NFC North? And it's something I've always had a soft spot for the, for the Detroit Lions. It's something I definitely want to see. Um, but you know, it's if you're if you know anybody who's been fond of Detroit for so long, you're almost used to they're almost used to having so much good news and so much hope, and ever something to end up being crushed at the last minute. Um, but it's something I really want to happen, and I and I will be watching it closely. Secondly, um, I guess it, it what way will the AFC East work out? Obviously, as, as I'm not just saying that as a Patriots fan, I think the fact that the, there are four teams who can realistically say that they will they are good enough to before the season starts to be playoffs and once it gets to the playoffs to have a good chance of, of going far on what I'm particularly uh, looking at is whether or not the Jets will pretty much have a one to two year championship window will they make use of it or will after three weeks will their momentum uh, kind of drop off I I know I'm a cynic and I'm wearing this jacket that doesn't say that that says New England on it, but I'm not fully convinced just yet that the New York Jets, um, even with Aaron Rodgers and the offense he pretty much wants, can I guess show enough this year to properly seal the title. But I, I, again, we we're I we're so far before the beginning of the season that there's still so many unknowns. Um, and after that, I think that the last question is who can really stop. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs. It's they they played so so well last year, and you know the the, the dominance of the AFC is pretty much passed from one to another. The fact that every AFC Championship game in, has been played in Kansas City since 2018, 2019. Like I don't see anybody else in the in the AFC. Um, I certainly don't see anybody else in the AFC getting the number one seed. But whether the Bills or particularly the Bengals can can take them out in the in the postseason, or whether they more importantly, whether they can keep their core group of players healthy enough to put up a proper challenge will be something uh, something definitely worth watching. Yeah, certainly will be intriguing. I, I do think, for me, as long as Tosh Mahomes and Andy Reid are there, they start as favourites. Though I will say, like, 
obviously, um, you know, circumstances beyond anyone's control, and it's great to see him actually back on the, the field, but Tamar Hamlin, but I think the Bengals would feel that they could have ended up with number one last year, and, um, you know, that 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 changes it slightly. You're, you're still having to deal with Patrick Mahomes in so much as teams in the, the AFI having to deal with Ty Henry, and you've got to try to, to figure out how how you you do it because like last year the guy's playing on uh, you know a bum ankle and he just goes out and uh, it has been phenomenal so yeah I think that is uh, quite a everybody's acting and people are trying but 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 like that about the Bengals last year they started zero two which we sometimes forget because how good they were in, in the latter half of the season so you know every every team at some point is going to have to expect to be better at the start or the end of the season with the Bengals. Are you hoping or expecting that they will bring their momentum that they had at the end of last season and continue from the start at the risk of maybe kind of losing speed at the end of it? Or are you okay with them losing two of the first three or four games if it means that they learn and they sort of push on again? But the problem is if they come out 0-2 again, they're not getting number one seed. Or it'll be very hard to see them get a number one seed. So um, Probably more more than any other team in terms of vying for number one seeds in their conference, the Bengals' start of the season will be key. Yeah, and they started in Cleveland, where they have lost five on the bounce. And it's a very good point that you make. I think the other thing, like because last year the Chiefs, or sorry, not the Bills, started like their hair was on fire, and, and then fell off as as the season went on. So, um, lots to, to consider. And I suppose your other point that you make around the Jets. I am intrigued to see how Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson do this year. And Deshaun Watson as well, because, you know, this we we entered this era of the, the, the mega trade and teams being willing to give up so much. And thus far, it hasn't worked. And again, I go back to, I think, Aiden Manning and Tom Brady broke people's brains because they looked at it. But you didn't have to give up anything. They were able to bring in, like Brady goes to um, Tampa Bay, they're able to bring in Gronk and Fournette. And then in the draft, because they haven't given anything up, they can bring in Tristan Wirfs and Anton Winfield Jr. And the Broncos did, did similar with Manning. So when you've got to trade it away, it, I, I think this will be very interesting to see how those three quarterbacks uh, you know, do. Shane, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time to to chat to me. Enjoy the end of the AFI uh, season uh, with all the the games, and hope you enjoy your your trip to to Limerick and to probably Cork for the Shamrock Bowl uh, in in a few weeks. And I know uh, certainly everyone I've spoken to on this show has mentioned. Uh, your your coverage and how much it means to people across the league to kind of see their game here, which, as we talked about, there's so much work goes into, and it's funny. I talked to Liam Ryan, who I've known for a good while, and uh, he, good to see him back in the uniform for uh, the Vikings last game. But he talked about, you know, when he started going to the sideline and guys pulling off the pads uh, to let other guys go on. And I think that's a testament to how far uh, the game has come and as you said we have a very exciting July and August to look forward to. Yeah, uh, again thanks for having me on. Uh, I've always been a big fan of your work and for everyone who, who I guess clicks on the independent audience to see my work, there's uh, like 
hangs and uh, it's all the all, like a lot of the stuff is from PROs around the games sort of setting in details and me trying to collate it and make, and make it sound as exciting as it as it actually is but um for anybody who was be at the the D1 bowl in Limerick and at the Shamrock bowl in Cork I'll see you there I'm actually rushing uh, I'm I cut short a trip that I, I I planned to Wales on the weekend of the Shamrock Bowls. I'm coming back very very light late Saturday night and getting in the car and booting it straight down the down the Cork that Sunday. So if anybody has uh, anybody has a spare coffee going, I'm sure I'll take it. Well, if we get a Shamrock Bowl that is even half as good as last year's game, we are in for a treat. Shane Brennan from the Irish Independent. Thank you very much.